0: It's passion projects part two. I have had other podcasts planned and lined up, but it seems as though this particular episode has really resonated. My friend Brian suggested that I answer some questions for people that might need some help or advice or more context. So, you know, I think sometimes it's important to be reactive and not try to record three weeks in advance. So here we are, it's Derek G Speaks Volumes. If you missed the last episode, it would be helpful To you, if you listen to that, basically, I broke down my story of radio up until TikTok, basically. So how, how one thing of like being bored at a job led to many other things that led me to speaking to you. So first and foremost, I'm so glad all the responses I've gotten. I think that people really, like I said, I didn't want to put it out because it's so personal. But then also, it has helped more people than, even if it's a handful of people, it's helped more people than I could have imagined already. So it was a good thing to do. And I'm glad that I did it. I hope you are well. You know, just before I start this and answer your questions, I put out questions on Instagram. People have sent in a bunch. So I've got a whole bunch to answer. Before I start that, a little podcast aside, I think that... uh, it's funny to record a podcast at home with, by yourself because you've got to think about, you know, uh, time of day, uh, what noises and landscapers from your neighbors <laughs> might be happening. <laughs> it might also, have, you have to think about what to wear because you have to look different because you're recording a video. Sometimes I don't check my hair, so my hair is all over the place because I don't think about things like that. Um, it's a funny thing isn't it but hey it's kind of nice the way I do these just me is because I feel like I'm talking just to you so that is the most intimate best way that I can um, talk to you but sometimes there might be a lawnmower in the background which is kind of funny also if I'm gonna I've I've never done this before but I'll, I'll do it now if you like the podcast rate it Comment or well, yeah, I'd love for you to rate it because it's one of the few places I can actually see feedback of people like people DM me sometimes, which is nice. Um But sometimes I open the Spotify app or the Apple Music a podcast app and I see like there's been this many stars and it's like, wow, people actually like this. This is cool. So um does it help algorithm things? Honestly, I have no idea. I don't even think it does because you can get all your friends to like your podcast. That doesn't mean anyway. It's more like I'd like to see it for myself. Anyway, let's get on with the show. So I'm gonna answer some of your questions. What I'm gonna do is firstly answer one specific to me, kind of as a follow-up to the experience. Or then I'm gonna do questions and advice, and then I'm going to do bonus questions about me. You know what other thing I have to think about is like my camera not overheating. I bought this camera. And uh, yeah, it overheats. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. So uh, maybe I shouldn't shoot in 4K. Why am I shooting this in 4K? Derek G. Speaks volumes, Passion Projects, version two. Questions for me. Thank you for asking all these questions, by the way. You guys are amazing. Corbin asks, how the hell do you balance working full time and finding time for your passions? This is probably a global question for them, for Corbin, but I think it was directed at me it's hard it's very hard Uh, I think the truth for myself is that I have my own business and I work from home helps a lot I couldn't have for this content creation side of my things but this has been a long time coming of committing to doing a newsletter doing a podcast doing a playlist doing videos doing interviews all that sort of stuff so don't do all that (laughs) if you're just starting out uh, keep it simple. Do one thing and do it f- consistently and, and put a lot of effort into the quality of it and be proud of the thing you put out. Don't try to do all these things. Um, it's hard. I think that the truth is you have to sacrifice a lot of things. I'm going to talk about this for some advice later, but I think you do have to sacrifice a lot of things. And you have to sacrifice it for the right reasons. So when I started my radio show, Wednesday night was the night that I recorded. So Thursday, from Thursday onwards, the next day, I'd be listening to DJ mixes, radio shows, albums, SoundCloud, just scrolling through everything, listen to everything. Any chance I could put something in my ears, I would. And I'd be like combing, as I put the tagline at the time, combing the world of music. And then saving the ones that I liked, putting into a little, you know, uh, notes app, and then downloading it on the night of my show. So I was, you know, absorbing a lot. You, I don't, I didn't go out ever on Wednesday night. I stayed up late. Even if it meant that I had an event on, I'd get home and record it then. So you have to sacrifice your time uh, and at all costs. In saying that, it sounds a bit like militant. It depends what your hobby is. But I think that you have to lose out on certain parts of your life in order to achieve what you hope to achieve. And I think that we've only got one life. This is one thing that I think about a lot. We've only got one life. And if you want to get where you want to go, you have to put in the work and you have to see where it takes you. And if you're not willing to do that, then you won't get there. You know, does that sound grim? Is that sad? I think it's just, reality so um it's hard and you have to sacrifice kid fairy kid Fari says was your path direct or did you learn which way you wanted to go by chasing something else uh it wasn't direct at all as if you listen to the podcast um the previous podcast i learned what i wanted where i wanted to go by chasing uh a graphic design and then creative career because I didn't study music, I am musical. I could have been a musician, but I didn't, for a variety of different factors, which I'm I probably quite sad. I chose not to pursue being a musician, and so I ended up going down this course of studying design, and you know, being quite good at it. I'm quite good at things. When I, I I'm really good at learning things, so I had a knack for it. And then I kind of chased that and like kind of envisaged this world of wanting to be either a graphic designer or someone in the visual creative space. Um, And I think deep in my stomach, I knew that that wasn't really what I wanted. Um, The best story about this is that you ask my mother. She had, when, now that I'm doing stuff in music, she's like, I always knew you were gonna do stuff in music, I always knew. This was just what you always loved. And I think she probably knew that from like, probably the age of 10, that she knew that. So it took me a good 15 years to come back to that and go, oh yeah, that was actually what, I made a lot of excuses for why music. Oh yeah, I don't have any contacts. Oh, I emailed some people and they didn't respond to me. Oh, the courses are expensive. It all comes back around. I don't regret it because I am where I am, but it's definitely a life learning for me. So I chased a lot of different things. And then really, I think the lesson is to kinda like, you know how they're like mining for gold and they've got like, you know, little dust pot, like they got their panning for gold. So that's like in the water and they can, all the stuff seeps through and you the gold is left behind. You gotta keep shaking that pan. I don't know if this is an Australian reference, um, until that gold comes out. And really, it is very like internal. It's very psychological. It's very almost like therapy going through all the layers of what you actually desire in life. And you, I didn't desire, like I said, to be a radio host, but I, music was the desire. So definitely chased something else. Probably a lot of things. The Knee Stalk asked, the first plunge, how did you do it? I think I'm the sort of person, and you don't have to be like me, I'm the sort of person that when I decided that I wanted to do a radio show because I, I liked curating playlists and music, I took it took me a few months to uh, think of a name, design a logo, figure out how to do it, um, and then where to post it. Yeah, that took me... At least three months. And it wasn't perfect. No, you can go to my mix cloud and you can listen to it. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good for like going out there. And I shared it with all my friends. And I remember like a high school friend going, huh, like, what's this? I listened to it. It's like really random Peruvian music. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, you don't understand. But you know, like, I decided that I wanted to start a new path. I was in my, early 20s so i was like okay the time is now to make a decision because if i'm trying to lay a path for my future however long that takes i gotta start sometimes i'm motivated by a fear but i think a really positive fear which is like i have not like i said i've only got one life and i want to make the most of it so you gotta start otherwise you know what are you doing with your life you know and starting is like a small radio show that no one listened to but you've got to start you know so i think that's it it's that probably mindset doesn't help everyone but it helps me because it gives me the impetus to go like if i want the life i want i got to create that life so take the plunge think about how you want to do it think about the quality and then do it and then you listen back and i was like oh i was trying to sound too much like giles peterson like after a few episodes let's keep trying You know, then you just try and try and try. Wancho says, what impulse do you, did you have? What impulse did you have to create this profile? I think that's the kind of miraculous thing about this all and why you're listening to this is that I didn't have any intention to start this profile. I gather you mean like being an online personality. It wasn't the intention. I was always just a radio host and the impulse was uh, non-existent, which is the cool part about the story. Uh, I am like just like you, really, where I watch a lot of videos on YouTube, TikTok, Reels, and saw something related to a trend and made that, and the rest is history. So... All of my work leading up to being an internet personality has been behind the scenes with no ambition to have a profile as such. And so I think that some of the people that ask me questions further down that I'll go through, it's not about creating profiles, not about being a profile, it's not about being a personality. It's about being good at something and being passionate about something. And however that manifests itself is the answer so if you want to build it as fast as you can if you want to go viral if you want to be famous if you want to be known that's just starting in the middle you're starting at the end start at the start be good at something contribute to the world that's something that i always think about when i'm making my videos when i'm making my podcasts. how am i contributing positively to the world not how do i effectively go viral or get attention. Because I think if you add value, then you are helping people and you are therefore developing a relationship. You know? So just make sure you think about that. MC Checky says, can you talk a bit more about your graphic design period of your life? Sure. So that was my degree straight out of university. Do people call it art school? What is art school? No, it's not art school. It's art school is like for artists, I guess. Uh, the truth is my sister studied the same course I wanted to do music I got spooked out by doing music uh, because uh, I thought the course was too expensive and my, I couldn't get an internship there during high school uh, and at like at a production uh, 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 a studio and I ended up choosing graphic design because my sister did it and it looked fun I don't even know if I had skills in it. I just thought it looked fun. And I um, I, I, did it. I did a design and technology course at high school and I did design something as part of it. I think that was influenced by my sister. So that took me that way. Uh, I focused on motion graphics. I would say I was, uh, you know, if you look at my marks, I was a good student. I did well. Uh, and I was... I'm good at listening, I'm good at learning, I'm good at approaching a brief. So I didn't struggle with it, I would say. I think I have a good eye. Do I think that if I focused on I think I could have been a decent graphic designer, but it like my my if you can tell by all the stuff that I make, my my mind wanders and I like to do a lot of different things. And so like being a graphic designer that makes logos or print or web design I don't think I would have been able to focus on doing any of those things. I would have wanted to have done a whole lot of different things. So when I started designing in a TV production company, within a couple of years, I wasn't doing that anymore. I was doing something else. You know, I was following other interests. So um, did I achieve things? You know, I always published in a few cool books and and exhibitions and um, won some awards, but I... It was a short-lived career, but I still have the eye and I still like making my own assets for my own podcasts and things like that. I still, I'm interested in typefaces. I'm interested in new trends in design, uh, but I definitely do not design, uh, but I can, I'm can't. i handy in, in design, Photoshop, Illustrator, things like that. Ergseed says, what keeps you going? What drives you? Excellent question. I would say... Um, just life. Life is difficult for many people. Life is how you perceive the world. Life is how you have been raised and how you experience things. And and I have had somewhat of the fortune in my life to, to, I think because I was, uh, you know, one of four children, I kind of was the one that just felt like uh, I didn't have any, you know, restraints or constraints on me. So I like the idea of being able to uh, learn a lot, progress try things grow build a life that I desire to build you probably thought I'd say music music obviously drives me. I don't know if music drives me I love music I think life drives me like let's go you know like let's like we all have our bad days you know or weeks or months or years but I think that when you have kind of when you kind of look at the sky and go like it is limitless. Then you can kind of tackle it however you see fit, and I find that really exciting. And that sounds really optimistic, but hopefully that helps someone because that's how I see the world. I, I, I like. I can't wait to see where I'm going to be in ten years' time from now, and I want to be somewhere exciting. In order to get there, I've got to do things now. You know. And did I think I'd be doing this ten years ago? No, I thought. Like just talking, not even like playing music. You know, that's what drives me. Johnny asks, being on NTS seemed unimaginable. Now what seems out of reach but inspiring? Great question. Because yeah, when I talked about NTS, it really wasn't a dream because I didn't think it was possible because I didn't think they would think that I was cool enough. (laughs) I know lame, but it's true. And then I got on there after sending my now infamously terms, fuck it emails and got on there and then you kind of achieve it and like in terms of like tastemaker radio it is like kind of the top in the world where do you go from there i think i want to do so much more than that because internet radio is really cool but it's like it's niche and i think i want to uh kind of experience i want to travel around the world um Meet you guys, meet musicians, listen and play more music, uh, speak to more artists. I I don't know if that's out of reach though. What is out of reach? I think inspiring is looking at the people that have taken what I have, what I'm starting, which is this, building um, a profile, building uh, a platform and build it into something that can inspire more people, can build a life that I can sustain financially and uh, build more things, have like, I'd love to do a radio show every week with just music. I'd love to interview artists without my camera overheating. <laughs> I would love to um, just travel and film people and do things and make documentaries and whatnot so if i can find a way to do that then i that's inspiring to me now i realized that because this is a episode for next week i have to tell you about my sponsor for the podcast because we have a sponsor guys thank you for all the congratulations so before i get into your questions your personal questions let's take a message from our sponsor, Turntable Lab. Turntable Lab has been a trusted source for audio gear and records for over 20 years. They specialize in turntables, turntable setups and accessories, everything for both beginners and hi-fi enthusiasts. I still love that word. The Lab also operates a dynamic online record store with over 100,000 records in stock. Take advantage of their four or more deal where you automatically get 10% off when you purchase four or more records. Check them out at turntablelab.com You can also go to my sub page, affiliate link turntablelab.com forward slash Derek for a few choices of mine that I recommend or I own myself. Thank you, Turntable Lab. You're the best. I will never forget my first sponsor. Who's gonna sponsor me next? Are you gonna sponsor me next? How about you, uh, MC Checky? you can sponsor me now. On with the questions, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm leaning to scroll down on my laptop so I can see the next questions. Questions and advice, let's go. Time never stays us. True, by the way. How to get back in the flow when you feel like you've lost it, there's been a change creatively? Hmm. There's t- potentially two answers to this. One is keep going. I think it. don't blame yourself if you feel like you've lost it because I think we all go through that. I go through that. I, I can feel like on top of the world and I can feel like I've got no good ideas. And the only way forward is through. And what I'm always reminded of is why did I do this? Why am I doing this? Why start this? And it's for the love of it. It's for the passion of it. And so when you feel lost, I think go back to the source and have fun. Like so take radio and hopefully you can extrapolate this to your passion project. If I'm putting out hundred radio shows and I just feel lost and uninspired, maybe I'd do something different. Maybe I'd do a whole episode about stuff that I grew up with that I really love so I can really go back in time and find all those things. Maybe I would do a Japanese special. Maybe I would do it like all live and mostly talking. Just do something different. Change it up. But if if it's not even that, just have fun. Remember why you started it and just find music and then play the music that you love and don't ever think it, you know? Who knows what you do? Maybe you're a, a, a fashion budding fashion designer. I think in that case, you know, you just make something that you've never made before that like you've always dreamt of making. And it might be a complete mess, but I think you probably get out of a funk because you're just trying something different. Uh, the second answer to that is maybe you do need to look at what you're doing and change something so for me I've had this multiple times where I'm like I need to I'm doing too much I was doing my live stream for example on TikTok every week and I was doing too much I'd launched this uh, podcast I'm doing this uh, newsletter and I was just doing too much and it was hard I didn't look forward to doing it because it was like my Monday at 1 30 pm and it was just like, oh man, like so many commitments. And this just puts such a, uh, a blocker in my day to be able to create things. I loved chatting to the community, chatting to fellow music lovers, but I was just over committed and made me dread it. So sometimes you need to take stock and look at What am I doing and why aren't I enjoying this anymore? And do I need to pull something back? Or take a break, or take a break. Sometimes you need a break. Lewis asks, what's the best way to get motivation to start? I know what I wanna do, I don't know where to start. Uh, I think that is very um, simple, I guess. Motivation is personal for everyone, and I understand that. But like, it can be overwhelming. And it can sometimes be not easy. And I recognize that it can be like, people can talk themselves out of doing things because it's, it's intimidating. Uh, my friend, if I'm speaking directly to you, there is not a whole lot of motivation to start, just start, you know? Just uh, open your book, you know, put aside some time, write down some names, You know, and if you're looking for names, for instance, I never put a deadline on like, well, I've got to have a name within a day because it has to come to you. Uh, But just start, set aside some time, maybe the same time every week to do this project Thursday nights. And you just do that, put on some music and you just do what you're doing. That's the best way to start. Um, You know what you want to do? You know, that's so. Start researching it. Start making it. Start speaking to people about it. I think consistency, as you've learned from me talking about this stuff, is really important. So the more, the the sooner you can, kind of set up a habit, the better you will you will be. Sakai asks music journalism. Where do I start? And there's another question that's similar. Fred asks any tips to get more artists to let me interview them for my small radio show. Music journalism, where do I start? I think start with your love. I think start with uh, things you like to talk about. I think that everyone has a unique voice and opinion on music and the world. I also think it's important to be different. I also think that if you're just reviewing um, the album that everyone's reviewing, it might just fall on top of a heap of other things. So... I think that you should try to find what is interesting and specific to you that you're passionate about, that you can contribute to. So, you know, look, if Adele drops a record and you wanna talk about it and you have a particular angle to talk about it, talk about that. But if, I think, I think most important with music journalism is like finding your voice and not just being another voice. Does that make sense? Um, And I also think support local isn't always a great way to start because there are young people that want to tell their story um and if you support that that will only pay dividends because if you're a betting person that you'll probably hit upon some gems early in their careers and that will like add to your arsenal if you can interview an artist every two weeks and have 26 interviews you'll get a you'll be deep in the scene by that point in your local scene you'll have learned a lot about artists and their motivations you know uh and there's so many artists that would love to be spoken to in a meaningful way maybe start there i think fred the tips about interviewing getting interviews for a small radio show i think it's the exact same thing if it's small you can't interview massive artists unless they want to break into your market and they see your radio station as something that they want to leverage probably you know that if you say small it's probably not that so find your niche, uh, find small artists, find people that will go on your show, show them why you care, show them what you do differently. And um, it's not about the scale of these people. It's about the dedication to wanting to uncover good stories as a journalist, I think. And uh, the more you do that, the better you'll get, the, the more interesting the people that you've spoken to will be. And suddenly you'll go from... I've interviewed not many people to I've interviewed like, you know, yeah, 26 people, 26 artists, one of them has had blown up all of a sudden, and then you can kind of use that person to say, well, look, I interviewed this person. And now I want to interview you because I see you in the same spot, you know, so don't shoot too high too early, you know, Dylan asks, how do I go about creating a sense of success in myself, no matter what I decide to pursue? this is fairly short. I think it's because you love to do it and that success is satisfying to you in many ways. I think that I'm, I'm a very competitive person, but only with myself. I don't care what anyone else does. I just, I like to know that I'm improving. So that's another thing, to be honest, it's like look back, review, improve, change, learn. So my website for my radio show, fine tooth changed every six months to a year because I'm like, okay, this doesn't quite do what I wanted to do. The cover arts are really cool. I want to make that the main focus. Okay, the cover arts aren't as interesting anymore. I'm going to change it to this and it's going to be about the track list so people can discover, like learn about the music really quickly. I found that I was some success in it because I was adding on top of, I was putting more blocks on my little tower so I could see the tower getting taller, even though, the numbers might not be moving too much okay people can't access it as easily i'm going to put it on apple podcast illegal by the way but i did it and um so then people could just open their podcast up and press play <laughs> so and then i could see numbers growing so i think creating a sense of success is like not always just having the presence of mind that progression is important and that you should move forward at all costs and grow and learn cool dylan Cool. And more asks, advice on turning a passion project into a career, finding time for it outside of a tiring nine to five. Petrov also asks, how do I get not get burned out and balancing a nine to five job and a passion project? This is a great question. I probably should have put this at the start because I think a lot of people would be concerned or wondering about this. And my answer is, I will never forget a quote that I heard. I don't know who said it because when I heard it, it changed how I think about passion projects, creativity and ambition entirely. And what they said is change from saying, I don't have time to it's not my priority because that really helps to identify what in your life is important and what you are willing to do to get there. So a good example is, you know what takes up a lot of time? Watching TV shows. It does. And because it's hours, right? Watch Game of Thrones. That's like, you know, an hour every night or whatever. And everyone's talking about it. And say, during that time. oh, Let's use a current example or Last of Us, right? Have you watched Last of Us? It's amazing. You haven't watched it? What? Everyone's watching it, Right. You know what I'm going to say next. Instead of saying, I don't have time, say it's not my priority. It's not my priority to be watching Last of Us right now. Last of Us is always going to be around. I want to watch Last of Us. It's not my priority right now because I have stuff to do. I have a family. I have a career. I have ambitions. And I think you have to prioritize. You do have to sacrifice as well. You have to sacrifice seeing your friends as much. You have to sacrifice having other hobbies. You have to sacrifice. Maybe you skip going to do your social, you know, football or whatever sometimes. If you've got a grueling nine to five and you're really tired, create a bit of a habit of when you're going to do it. Don't move from that unless you really have to, set that deadline for yourself. But then also define what your priorities are in life and then cut some out. And also it helps for when people put pressure on you because it's like, why haven't you seen the Marvel films? Why haven't you? Why aren't you watching the Oscars and the Grammys? Why? Like there's a lot of external forces of social, societal pressures to say that you should be relevant in in certain things. And uh, it's not my priority because I'm doing other things. You know, so back yourself, you know. Millie asks, what's the best tip for, I lost it, here. You go. What's your best tip for when you're networking with other industry professionals? Is what Millie asked. I'll say this to you and all of you people on the internet. Networking for most of us, especially people, internet people like myself, I consider that myself. Uh, networking sucks. I hate networking. It's important, but I hate it because it's usually with strangers and you, everyone's trying to get something out of each other. Can I use you in the future? What, what skills do you have that complement mine? You know, Could you give me a job? So I hate it. I think it's awkward. I went to a networking event recently and I'd like to think I'm a confident guy. It was the most awkward, one of the more awkward experiences in my life. Everyone was talking to each other. I walk in, I didn't know anyone at all, at all. And you're like, where do I even start? So you kind of walk up, get a water. And then you kind of walk around to pretend you're looking at things. And then I went to sit down on the side of the room. (laughs) And someone came to talk to me. And then like later, I ended up trying something new. So I ended up just, there was like a trio. And I stood there and walked up and I was like, I'm joining this conversation now hi and that was the worst so awkward so weird uh but i didn't regret it i met some really interesting people that night and i learned some things i think the best tip you have for networking is to show up show up do it you never regret doing it but you have to show up even though they're weird and awkward and i think they suck then follow up if there are people that you feel like are actually of value dm them find them not everyone will reply to you but you know take some value away from it but i think acknowledging that they suck but they're important that you should just go is my advice rod asks where do you draw the line between combining passion and commerce is there a line i don't think so i think that it's it's like you hear so often people go like oh you know it it was my love and then it became my work and i think that's kind of life i think if you have something in your heart that you really love sure you could do a 9 to 5 if you're an accountant and you love uh you know make cooking on the side and you get really good at it and then some people are just like I just like cooking my meals at home and I find great satisfaction in it and I like being an accountant great most people don't they end up going hmm this is what I actually love doing and then you go down that path and i think you you can definitely turn into that Thing where you're just doing the grind and then you find a new passion you know i don't think that you should draw the line i think it there is no line i think if you pursue any passion it will and you're good at it and you're hungry about it it will turn into commerce and then it will turn into work and then you have to remember why you loved it and make sure that you don't um lose sight of that and if you do that's okay you'll find other passions you know i still love music what if i find it all very tiring There's a lot of other things I like too, you know, but I don't see that ending anytime soon. Alexander asks, feeling like I'm studying a kind of useless field at uni, but I love it. How do I handle this ambivalence? Ah, you love it. You know, finish it, enjoy it, absorb as much as you can and then figure out the rest after that. If you love it, you know, university and studying and learning things is a very, very particular point in life. You can work out the rest later. Jobs are jobs are jobs. Don't worry about it. Samira asks, I lost my job three weeks ago. Any advice or guidance on career changes? I'm sorry to hear that, Samira. That sucks. Uh, career changes are hard, especially when you have, don't have any experience in it. So I would say, like, let's be uh, realistic and not think that... Um, because this job is no more that you can therefore pivot and start a new one without a huge amount of sacrifice. In order to career change, either you have, you know, your passion project to back up, but that's not exactly work or you have, uh, you are willing to sacrifice uh, your expected income to, to start again. So I did that uh, when I started working in music. I worked in TV, it's of work in music. It's like, well, what experience do you have? It's like, I have, I'm, I am I. can achieve lots of different things, but I don't have that exact experience. And so my, my salary was cut hard. I don't regret it, but it was harder for me because I wasn't, I had to sustain my life in a very uh, more conservative way. So, but sacrifice is important. As you've learned from me talking, sacrifice is important. And so if you're after something, you know, be that person that kicks around in the place you know, for not much money. If you can get by, if you can get by, good luck. Kale asks, any advice for a young person in, the, in a creative field? I think um, it depends what creative field. I would say it's about the people. Find the right people that are the same energy as you because creative and creativity and the creative industries are very competitive. They're very gate kept. There's there's people that are, are I'm this in the company, so you're not that. So screw them. They're not cool. Find the creative people that you vibe with, that you have complementary skills. Say, in creative. If you're a designer, find a fashion person. Find a photographer. Do stuff together. Just do stuff. Do stuff. Um, you know, don't go too corporate too quickly and try to just be like you know, an art director at this agency because you think you should. Like, you know what? Creative people and agencies find cool, creative, actually creative people that are doing cool things that they haven't seen before. Be that, you know? Don't be, don't climb the ladder and make toilet roll commercials too quickly, you know? Even though the bag is good. William asks, how do you narrow down uh, what out of your many passions to pursue? I think just be honest. You can't do it all. And be honest about the one thing that you always come back to. There is one thing. I have probably a list of 20 things that I would love, have loved to have do as a passion, as a career. But you can't do it all and you've got to prioritize. So I have said before in another life, I would have loved to have been this. Really. And that's like, oh, that's sad. But it's like, no, it's not just because i imagine it to be fun or i might doing like doing it on the weekends doesn't mean that i want to i i should focus a career on doing it. i'm trying to think of a good example of it okay in another life i would have loved to have been like make my own guitars make my own like really custom beautiful guitars be a luthier be you know that sort of person why i don't know like it's quite beautiful it's simple it's musical but it's also like there's a history in it i'm not gonna do it (laughs) maybe when i'm old i'll have like a workshop and i'll put some guitars together and learn how to spray them and paint them and all that sort of stuff and lacquer them and put the you know wire the pickups but it's not gonna be my career you just got to choose you got to choose the one that's like really true you know, and that can change. But choose. Wade asked, "What do I need to start my own internet radio show?" Not much, my friend. Uh, Wave files, MP3s. You could record on your phone, like with your mic, on the phone, and then cut it in uh, Audacity, a free software. If you just want to like splice things together, you got your phone and music files is all you need and an internet connection. Start there. Honestly, start there. I don't think my phone, when I started my radio show, had a good enough microphone to record my voice. So I had a, I bought a microphone and a sound card. You don't even need that. Phones are good enough. Have you listened to the, the a lot of the radio shows on NTS? The the microphone is not good. It's about the music. Have good taste, you know? And the rest is fine. Priya asks, how to take up space online and promote what you're doing. How to overcome the fear of perception or the fear of getting started slash perfection. I think how to take up space online and promote what you're doing. I think, uh, take up space is a funny one. I, I would never want you to think that you need to take up space. I think that, uh, just post, but I think that you need to f- develop an aesthetic of your brand that you're building. You know, try to be different. When you're Creating something, do try to be different. Sure, get inspiration from other sources, but I think that it's important that you go, How am I standing out and doing something differently from these people? If you're doing an interview podcast and you're just clipping up the clips and that's it with some words at the top, maybe don't do that because everyone else is doing that. Maybe do something different. Maybe think about a way of doing it because if you want to promote what you're doing and do something online, so many people are doing stuff online and that can be quite debilitating. But at the same time, it's quite motivating to be like, well, how can I add to this space? So I think if you want to take up space, take up space and add something new, 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 new. Overcoming the fear of perception. Um, I still have problems with that. You just put it out there in a way that your friends might not see, but it, like, if, you do, if they do see, fuck it, they need to support you or they can go away. So... You just have to overcome it by doing it and wincing your eyes and you know we're all we all want to be liked by everyone so you just have to overcome that. I'm afraid, my friend. Um, And the fear of getting started is uh, and perfection is um, what you do. Let me tell you this to get over your fear of perfection: what you put out now will not be perfect. You'll look back at it and go, "God, the lighting wasn't good, the sound wasn't good, the logo was lame, uh, it was too slow." You got to be bad in order to be good. You know, just as long as you're learning and willing to humble yourself to know that you can improve, then you'll be fine. Sounds personal us advice for creating a brand or business following or following around music. Um, well, it's quite broad that I think, again, know your customer, uh, know where your passions lie and contribute to the world. Same themes coming up. Uh, prioritization, sacrifice, contribution, originality is how you should create this brand or business or following. Don't do what everyone else does. That sucks. Just don't. Don't don't go, oh, these people are just t- t- open up Wikipedia pages, typing in Marvin Gaye, reading his whole Wikipedia page going, did you know that Marvin Gaye in 19... 19- everyone's doing that do something else you know do something that you feel like no one has thought of i think it's really important and faotw says how do i go from djing to producing um i think i think about this a lot because i think there's a there there is a ceiling to uh, many many djs and that is if you don't make music and look you shouldn't start there because if you're starting to learn how to dj you should go out and dj you shouldn't think about producing because like Whoa, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. But I think learning and making music early in your DJ career, if that's what you want to do in life, is important because, like, that's how you make passive income. That's how you make your shows original. Because look at Skrillex, for example. He makes edits for every show he does, new edits. And so it makes it exciting, it makes it original. Uh, and you can't hear it anywhere else. Also, he Skrillex is not known as a DJ. He's known as a producer. Makes a lot of money off that. People are fans of him and his music, not just his DJing. So, I would say, make sure you're DJing. Make sure you're out there. Make sure you know how to read the room. Make sure you're developing your taste. But also, uh, yeah, start learning Ableton. I would start. I would start that because it's an important uh, thing skill to have as a dj to be honest if you grow especially start putting out music become an artist decide to become an artist as part of it and then when people go oh i love nfaotw as a dj uh and they go to your instagram you're like check out my album and like, they got an album you know how cool is that so if you're kind of building you're building a business just as i have like my different channels of newsletter and and podcasts think of it like that you've got your different channels for people to connect with you in different ways <sighs> those are your questions i'm starting to speed up now because i'm getting nervous about my camera overheating real talk real talk real talk so bonus round and if i end up just ending it suddenly it's a, you know why i will upgrade my camera one day <laughs> i'm burgeoning a burgeoning career in this space thank you for your questions i summarized a few you early a few questions before but i think there's a general theme going on that i think that you guys are you've got all the answers just strive for being honest and having fun bonus round questions just random questions three of them that people have asked me song asks have you ever dealt with an individual, individuality complex when it comes to your taste in music. I didn't know what an individuality complex... Why am I... I haven't... I didn't know what an individuality complex was until you asked it. So I had to Google it. An individual... <sighs> we're doing it live. An individuality complex is one where you from what I understand it to be is where you are making choices to feel more unique and individual rather than to kind of like be different from the mainstream, even though like that's the intention. It's not the reality. So everyone wears a blue shirt. I'm going to wear a red shirt because I'm an individual. I'm a free thinker so the question again without stumbling watch me go have you ever dealt with an individuality complex when it comes to your taste in music for sure for sure i love that question because i have always suffered from this complex but i'm glad that i have i'll be honest I know that shout out Ashley if she gets this far in the episode, um, one of the mods on my Discord, it, she teases me because I'll, if if she, if she asked me a question, did you go like this? I'll be like, no, I didn't like that. I liked the alternate version. I'm not. I don't say it like that. It sounds. Like, I sound like a dickhead, but like, I I chose those parts, and she kind of like jokingly, it's all love, it rolls her eyes it's like, of course you did. I suffered from it because. Early on, suffering is too strong of a word. Early on, when I was young, as I can remember the earliest example of this, I might have told this story before in year seven. So I would have been like 12, 13. What do they call it in America? Uh, Junior? Hi. Um, Everyone was playing Pokemon. I had Pokemon. Everyone everyone because you know you're friends with lots of boys right um, at a boys school especially was choosing uh, charmander to start with because it was fire inner it was aggressive it had flames it was cool and then after that everyone chose squirtle because watertle with the cannons. <laughs> making myself laugh here with the cannons and the water blasting. And I was like, everyone's choosing these two. I'm going to choose Bulbasaur. (laughs) I find it funny because it's so me. And that's the thing. Like from 12 years old, I had this individuality complex, as you call it, where I was like, I don't want to do that. Everyone's doing that so what was Bulbasaur, it was a freaking green animal with a bulb on its back and it grew into um, uh, Bulbasaurus and then grew into Venusaur and what was Venusaur, <laughs> it had a huge flower on its back that shot this laser from the flower <laughs> It's not cool it's still not cool I think that it's probably meaned out in the world that if you chose Bulbasaur you're a loser but it was like it was a conscious choice for me to be a loser because I was like I don't want everything else and, and that's been all of life like I think like and that's that can't that it's also not a good thing because I've turned my nose up a lot of genres because they've been popular a lot of artists because they've been popular and I've missed the train on a lot of things because I'm like ugh. 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 but i think a lot of people to that extent have that because you maybe it's an individuality complex maybe it's a superiority complex maybe it's a, a insecurity of mine to not you know being with the in crowd because i you know, it's, it's so many complex things and comes from probably a deep place of insecurity um to want me to carve out my own path but why i'm proud of it is because it made me the person who i am who's always to the answers earlier on people are wanting to start their passion projects and i've always been like i don't want to create what you're creating that's been done i could make what you're doing and probably succeed to a level in it because there's a clear path of the format that you've created so the individuality complex has told me well you've done it and you've done it and you've done it i'm not doing that i'm doing this thank goodness for that you know I'm happy for that. But yeah, I think a lot of people that are passionate about music suffer from that complex because they don't want to like the mainstream. And I've kind of come full circle to an extent. I don't like Katy Perry, for instance, but you know, there's a lot of pop that I like listening to because I'm, I recognize how dumb that was, but Hey, means to an end. Second last question. Mark asks, ever felt, ever feel defeated that you can't listen to all the music? Um, no, I've just accepted the fact that there's too much music out and that I'll get around to it when I get around to it. When uh, a friend asked me yesterday, have you listened to um, Scaring the Hose, J.P. Gmarfer and Danny Brown? it would come out a week before and I'm like, no, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I will. You know, it's like, I'm not that type of guy that's like hot take, listen on the day, Scaring the Hose out now. I used to be, I think because I'm doing a lot in life and I've got lots of things to manage prioritization, it's not my priority to listen to all the new music that's coming out right now. It's impossible, I can't. And um, I've got other things to do. You could say I don't have time and that's true, but it's not my priority. It's not my priority to be the font of all knowledge of music. I just have a knowledge of music. Last question comes from Marcel. What place does classical music have in the future? Have other genres taken its place? Excellent question. I don't think anything can take the place of classical. I think that classical music, I think when I was young, I'm like, oh, classical music is lame. And then as I got older, I'm like, classical music is pretty cool. Even, But then you have friends that listen to classical music and they're like mad snobs that don't like anything but classical music and the odd Johnny Mitchell song. So then you're like, it's kind of lame at the same time. I think that uh, I think classical music has had its place for a long time. After, after the Beatles, pretty much, and recorded music proliferating at such a speed, uh, exponential rate, classical music became uncool, and then was for old people. And I think classical music, to an extent, is for old people, but I mean in a good way. I think you should mature into it and appreciate the complexity of a composition. The nuance of conducting and orchestration. Uh, I am still a beginner at classical, but I want to get more into it because I think it's really cool. The classical music that I do like is beautiful. It's just beautiful songwriting in a different way. So I think that it has it's found its place. Which is, you will get around to it, unless you're more of the cultured type that don't doesn't want to deal with the rabble of youth music, then. Go there. Uh, but yeah, I think that it's not going to have a revival in that way. I think it's always going to exist and have new classical works and stuff. But that's my bubble opinion because I'm not a huge expert in classical music. Have other genres taken its place? Kind of. I think that there's a lot of um, music. People listen to classical music to relax, you know, um, to feel a certain thing. And, but I think lo fi hip hop is. Classifies as that, but doesn't does it doesn't not as well. It's like it's kind of backgroundy chill nice music. It's not intellectual in that sense, but I think that um there's so many genres now, and I think there's like this kind of lounge chill music how kind of satiates the urge for people that don't have a whole lot of desire for current new music and they just want to listen to something that makes them feel nice in the background um, so. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think nothing will take its place, but there's definitely things that I think algorithmic playlists of the relaxed nature have taken a lot of classical music's place. But this is not sponsored, this part. But check out if you have Apple Music, do download the classical Apple Music Classical app because I did a video on it and it's so great for discovery. It's a genre specific app and you can ch- select composer, orchestra, conductor, uh, instrument. Or they have these like story of classical and it's like a radio show and you can learn about it. So cool. You need that for every genre. I know it'll be expensive, but amazing. Amazing. My camera survived, guys, at an hour. I think as the as the months get cooler on this side of the planet, my camera might survive a bit longer. So maybe I can talk for longer. But this is probably the longest episode of, that I've done so far i hope this has helped you i hope it's inspired you if you've made it this far are you still cleaning your bathrooms are you still driving somewhere who knows thank you for listening if you made it this far join the discord because you can chat more with me uh and all the gang in there um shout outs to you guys or have a good day i would love to hear what you're doing passion project wise obviously it's overwhelming if everyone messages me but send me stuff i think it's really cool I am your biggest fan, for real, on that note. Bye for now. This has been fun. See you next week.